Happy Friday to all. Welcome to another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gommerson. Hello, Adam. It's good to be with you. And as uh, we talked about before, we are um, doing a couple episodes. Uh, last week, we reviewed the 40 film. And this week, we are talking about um, October Baby. This is a continuation of our uh, celebration of the sanctity of human life and uh, talking about these issues that are very important as we come or as we are um, commemorating the 42nd anniversary of Roe versus Wade. And so I wanted to bring attention to this movie, October Baby, which I had the privilege to see a couple times now and which Adam had the privilege to see recently. Yes. And so we're going to discuss this movie. Um, and Adam, why don't you start us out with the quote of the day, which actually comes from the movie. It says here, hate is a burden you don't need to carry. And I thought this was a, a very important quote. I think it was kind of at the crux of the conflict where when Hannah, the main character, finds out her her history, um, which we'll get into in our review, uh, she realizes that she's dealing with a lot of baggage, a lot of hate for things that happened in the past. And this priest who she meets up with in the movie, reminds her from the Bible how we need to forget the things behind and press on to the things before us. And that's not always easy. It's not a snap your fingers and do it, but mm -hmm. it's a good reminder for us all that sometimes things don't work out the way that we would want them to, but they are still in God's hand and he can redeem things that uh, are broken. And we see a lot of that in this movie. And so I really appreciate that. Uh, before we get into um, the review, our review, let's listen to um, some audio from the theatrical trailer for October Baby. I'm Hannah. This is my story. And it's not what you think. Well, three weeks ago, I found out that my entire life is a lie. So I went on a trip. One tear in the dropping rain. This is my only chance to find out who I really am. I just wanted you to know, I think it's really brave what you're doing. If you find your mother, what would you say? I'm just, I'm just curious. I don't know. Dude. Her dad's gonna kill you, man. Mr. Lawson, I just said, stay out of it. Hey, Jason, why have you always been there for me? I know where your birth mother is. You have the power to forgive, to choose to forgive. All right. Well, this is the that was the theatrical uh, trailer for October Baby, the movie, and I really like this film. And I know that some people may say, and we're actually going to get into this on a future podcast, that there may be some elements of this film that were a little bit cheesy or a little bit unrealistic, um, maybe. Uh, 
in some people's uh, some people's minds, the acting was not the greatest. But I thought that the message came through loud and clear, and there was really good acting and just a really well told story. Um, just a couple introductory statements. This story, although it's not a true story, was inspired by a true story. Mm-hmm. The true story of Gianna Jessen, who is a pro-life speaker and also has the unique distinction of being uh, one of a surprising number of people, actually, that have survived an abortion. You know, her mother attempted to have her aborted by saline abortion, which... Uh, for those who don't know, it's where a mother is injected with a saline solution, which is basically a salty um, liquid, which is intended to um, end the baby's life. She survived that and now lives a rich, full life because she has given her life to Jesus Christ. And she um, has cerebral palsy, which... Um, was a part of the complications of having survived this traumatic incident. But anyway, her life kind of laid the groundwork for this movie. And so it's about a fictional character, but very much the same issues being dealt with here. And um, so as we delve in, those are my general thoughts. I would really recommend this movie. And I, I you know, I think it's important for us to realize that... Um, Christian filmmakers, as with any other group, uh, they're going to get get a start. You know, they're going to make a, a first movie, then they're going to make a second movie, and hopefully, um, get better each time they make one. Mm-hmm. And again, as I was saying, we are going to talk about this on a future podcast. the The importance of quality in our films, whether Christian or not, and whether. Quality is the most important thing when it comes to a film, like production quality. Because there are some films that have been out recently. A uh, perfect case in point is uh, Noah, that you could probably see by watching the trailer that the production quality is off the charts. But the message of it is totally anti-biblical. It's totally changing the story. And it's very dangerous um, because people... You know, people have a hard enough time thinking that certain well-known quotes are in the Bible, like cleanliness is next to godliness and God helps those who help themselves. And those taken to the extreme especially can be very dangerous ideas that people just naturally assume are in the Bible because they haven't read it. And I think the same can be said for some of these movies. So the production quality may be stellar, but if the message is one of error, then we need to be careful. Mm-hmm. So, Adam, that being said, what were your general thoughts about October Rainy? I thought it was good. I, I like the, the message in it and how it kind of tackled the hard questions because a lot of movies sometimes, especially regarding abortion, will maybe try and tiptoe around it or will kind of put a watered-down version. But what I liked about this is how you kind of – get the story told of not only the main character but other characters that maybe help to try in the main character's abortion like they had a, a nurse that was a part of it that she meets up with later and don't want to give away too much but just i i really liked how it, it told the story throughout and the ending of it in the sense of of where it ends up at um 
it was just it, 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 it was told pretty well. You know, there's a couple parts where you know a little cheese here and there, but it was uh, it, it was done pretty well. And I and I and I think that one other thing that happened was that the ending does turn out pretty well. But who doesn't want that in a movie? Right. But, I, but at the same time, I felt like it was realistic, like a realistic well. Mm-hmm. Some movies you watch and you're like, oh, that was buttoned up a little too easily. Right. I mean, there were some really rough parts that, it, like you said, it didn't shy away from. And uh, so now getting more specifically into the positive aspects of this movie, one big positive is Jason. Jason is a really good friend of Hannah's Mm -hmm. and he doesn't desert her when things get rough, you know, and that's one thing that we should all hope for in a friend. And I I just really appreciated the fact that he knew that she was going through a rough time and he intrinsically knew without her saying it because she wouldn't have said it that she needed him now more than ever, so to speak. And so he was just there. He didn't push. He didn't make her do things that she didn't want to do, but he was always there for her. And part of it is uh, he he takes her on a journey to see her, to find her birth mother because she finds out not only was she adopted, but she was, um, she was aborted and she lived, she lived through it. And then she was adopted by her parents and they, Never told her she was adopted. She finally finds out when she's 19 years old. And again, I don't want to give out way too much detail, but through it all, he is faithful to her. And it's just a great example of the faithfulness we should all show to those of us, you know, for those of us who are lucky enough to have good friends, we should want to be that kind of friend to them. So I really appreciated that. Um, and then some, uh, there wasn't really much negative per se overall about the movie. The one thing that I thought of was just the way the father reacted. Um, kind of, he kind of didn't want to give his daughter permission to, uh, to feel the way she was feeling. It was kind of like, you have no right to feel this way at first. Mm-hmm. And then you realize when something else is revealed, which I'm not going to give away, um, but when something else is revealed later in the in the movie, you realize that it's, it was an even more dire situation than it appeared when she first heard, because she didn't hear the whole story. When she hears the whole story, it makes more sense, and she begins to realize what he went through, because he basically sums it up later by saying, uh, I didn't want you to grow up, and I didn't want to let go of you. And there's some pretty significant things that happen that show that he finally comes to the place where he's able to do that. So it's really about as much about his uh, dealing with the past and his uh, willingness to forgive himself and others as for her. You know, it's as much about his journey as it is for her. Um, did you have any uh, any thoughts about? Uh, any of these first couple points about the positives and negatives of this movie? Yeah, especially the positives. I, I do like how even through kind of what you're talking about with how the dad reacted, how it kind of turned into a positive towards the end. Uh, again, don't want to give away too much, but they showed the importance of like a father-daughter relationship. And really relationships, they hit spot on throughout the whole movie, just how important they are and uh, how they can help people through 
know, the hardest of situations. And I, I really appreciated that in the movie watching it. Okay. Uh, who is your favorite character, Adam? Oh, boy. Uh, there, there was a couple. But if I had to pick, I think it would have to be B-Mac played by Chris Lye. Because <laughs> he brought some great comic relief to the table. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, he, he tended to be a little bit of a comedian on American Idol because I don't remember exactly who it was. But there was some female celebrity that he told people that he was compared to or that people said he looked like. I forget who it was. <laughs> but uh, anyway, maybe it was Christina Aguilera. I don't it remember. Don't quote me on that. But it was somebody like that. And uh, so there was a little bit of comedy there even when he was first stepped on the American Idol stage. And there's an inside joke or two about that in the movie. And then, of course, his insistence on being called B-Mac. I don't remember if we ever find out what his real name is. Yeah, I don't there, There's one scene where where a police officer says, I want to know your names. And he's like, our real names? And he's like, yes, your real name. <laughs> so, but I don't know if that ever was revealed on screen. But it was just a funny kind of comic relief to the movie. Uh, and, of course, you know, if you don't share... My sense of humor, you might not find it as funny as I did or Adam, but it was definitely funny. Um, my favorite character, I think, uh, was Jason. Uh, and that's that's just because Jason's the kind of guy that, that I was kind of raised to be. I was kind of raised to be there for the people that you care about, uh, to stick your neck out when necessary, to do the tough thing, um, to stand by someone and to love them unconditionally. I've been through some rough times in the last few months to a year and even before that. But the one big lesson that I have learned through all the tough times I've been through is the lesson of unconditional love. Um, The lesson of giving someone what's best for them even if it doesn't seem like it benefits you. And uh, we can talk about love all we want, but until we are forced to live it, and really think about what it means and the cost of loving someone, we're not going to understand it. Mm-hmm. We, talk, we toss around love um, way too much in our culture. We say we love grilled cheese. We love The Hobbit. You know, any number of things that we say we love, and then we say we love God. And there really is no comparison between grilled cheese and God. I think <laughs> the the people in the Blimey Cow videos, if you're familiar with Blimey Cow, I think they may, made an allusion to that. You know, about how are you really equating your affection for God with your affection for grilled cheese? So I just bring that up by way of um, giving perspective to us. And I hope that as you watch this movie and see true love modeled by Jason, um, that you will uh, be blessed and that you will be encouraged to be that type of person. Um. When you're thinking about least favorite character, what comes to mind, Adam? Uh, I would have to say I actually forgot her name, but at the time, you you have the main character, Hannah, and then you have Jason. And at this time in the story, Jason is actually dating another girl, and um, I I wasn't super fond of her. (laughs) You'd have to see the movie why, but uh, she probably would have to be my least favorite character. She was kind of the opposite attitude of of Jason in relationships. And I would say this is one area of the movie where it gets where it's more spot on than you might realize at first one of my least favorite characters is actually the birth mother Mm. 
because even though she gave up her, I mean, even though the daughter ended up going up for adoption, it only happened because the birth mother uh, aborted her and was not successful. And the birth mother, when she first goes to talk to her, she basically denies by her silence that she is the birth mother. She denies even knowing her. And, and so that tells Hannah, she doesn't even want me now. Yeah. She never wanted me. She still doesn't want me. And the whole, the whole time I'm watching it, the very first time, I mean, it's kind of hard to think back that far, but the very first time I watched it, I'm thinking, well, are they going to come to a place where they actually talk? Where there's actually a, a coming together of them. And it doesn't happen that way. She does end up going back to the lady's office with a letter that says, I forgive you. Three simple words. But there is no on-screen reconciliation. There's no evidence that they ever actually talked. And so I think that was a good way to do it. Because if they had talked and, and reconciled, then it might have been one of those endings that was buttoned up a little too well. Yeah. But by having her just come to terms with it, being willing to forgive her and adopt an attitude of forgiveness. Remember, uh, you know, we're going, we're going to deal with the issue of forgiveness as in a topic in a later podcast. Um, but, um, but just having this attitude of forgiveness, despite whether someone asks for it was important for Hannah, because as we'll discuss in a future podcast in more detail, you're only hurting yourself if you choose not to forgive. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we don't realize that. So I thought that was kind of a really good way to put it. And like I said, I really appreciated the realism there. And I don't know, Adam, did you have a chance? Did you happen to watch the whole ending credits? Um, you know, I, I, think I, I think I did, but I have a feeling I missed something. <laughs> well, because throughout the ending credits in the movie, they have a couple, there's like two or three... Uh, little featurettes right oh, in the ending yep. credits. I know what you're talking about. And one of the more significant ones that I wanted to mention here, and I encourage you to watch it when you watch the movie, is the mother, the one that played the birth mother in the movie, she actually is a post-abortive mother. And so when she read the script and realized what the storyline was and who she was supposed to portray, she's like, this was written for me. Yeah. Even though they didn't know it about me. And she called them up weeping because she said, this is the healing that I need. I need to do this movie. And so when she's doing her scene, there's a scene where she's starting to come to grips, at least within herself, with what she did. And she said it totally wasn't acting, that it was really healing for her. So it went beyond just putting a movie on the screen. It became very real. And I yeah. thought that that added a layer to the film that wouldn't have been there otherwise. And it's just amazing the way God works. So I just wanted um, uh, to bring that up. And then, Adam, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you took away from this film? I would say the value of a person. And that means in life and also how you treat them in a relationship and just the all-around person, the value of a life is untradeable. It, it's huge. It's it's the biggest thing God can give us, give you. And that movie did a good job at, at pointing that out, even in subtle ways. 
Well, and you talk about subtlety, and that was one of the strengths of this movie was its subtlety. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't about the way a man treats a woman. But one of the things that comes out later in the movie is that the that the father thought that, that this guy, Jason, had been disrespectful to his daughter because they were they had this time on the road basically alone, although they were with a group of people, and he assumed things that weren't true. And when he finds out from his daughter that Jason totally respected her, that he didn't take advantage of her, it goes a long way toward patching up the relationship between the father and and the guy, which eventually becomes an even uh, bigger part of Hannah's life, as if he wasn't already. I always find it funny, too, because I've always heard that the best basis for a relationship, a romantic relationship, is a friendship. And a lot of people, you know, think that that's crazy, but I really think it's not. I really think it is a good basis because if you're friends beforehand, you're not going to be in love every day. But if you're friends beforehand, then you can remember, hey, we've been friends all these years. We can't let a little disagreement get between us and, and change everything. So I think it, it there is some wisdom there, mm-hmm. you know. And just the fact that he didn't have to look, you know, all over the place for a good person to be with. And um, he didn't have to, you know, it showed that beauty is more than skin deep. Not that Hannah wasn't pretty because she was, but it just kind of showed that some people like Jason's previous girlfriend had had beauty is only skin deep issues. So, um. Uh, even though these are not topics that it focused on, I thought they were subtle issues that were brought forth that were good subplots. All right, it's time for uh, ratings. Um, Adam, on a one to five scale, what do you mm-hmm. give? Um, I, I thought it was good, and I, I'm going to say this, this is a high-ish number, but I'm going to actually give it about a three and a half. Okay, that's that's a good honest assessment, and I I would say that I would probably give it a four, um, because there were uh, some production issues with it, but like I said, the message was strong, mm-hmm. uh, the acting from the principals was strong, um, there were a couple uh, extra actors or. Um, Secondary characters that weren't as well acted, but the principles were strong. It was very well shot, and even some of the cinematography when they're on their trip was pretty uh, well done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I cool. would definitely recommend this film. I think we need to get behind uh, films like this. And this is another issue, like I said, we'll, t- we'll tackle in another podcast. But if you just think about this in preparation for that podcast, which I will announce at a later date, if you look at the Kendrick Brothers films, who, um, by the way, the Irwin Brothers made this film. They also made another film, Mom's Night Out, which we may review on a future podcast. Mm. But if you look at the Kendrick Brothers films in particular, who they started with um, Flywheel, and now they've they've just produced their unnamed fifth picture, but their last picture was Courageous. And if you look at the skills that were honed and developed between Flywheel and Courageous, you'll see a marked improvement with every single film. And so I think in our discussions and in our thoughts about Christian filmmakers, 
we need to be somewhat honest in our critiques. We also need to realize that just as, you know, when you're riding a bike, you take time to learn how to ride a bike. Uh, hopefully as a filmmaker, you get better every single time. Um, so I think that as we uh, talk about these Christian films and, and think about them, we need to keep that in mind because I'm definitely a lot better at this show than I was when I first rolled into the studio two years ago. Um, and I think that the same can be said for these filmmakers as they get more and more experience. So I just wanted to say that. We'll develop it a little bit more in a roundtable discussion in the future, like I said. And I think that's all that I have for you today. We will have information on how to get this movie um, on our blog. So make sure that you check that out. And make sure you tell more people about um, this movie. And also about the 40 film, which we featured last week. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. We hope mm -hmm. that you will be with us again next Friday. And until then, we ask that you would keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.